Like most of history, this show is filthy and unfit for children. Listener discretion is advised. the objectives here, Brittany. Yeah, the motives here have changed somewhere. Yeah, because the objective is to, you know, just not. To spooge with the gods. I just came here to nut. (laughs) Oh, God. Sounds like something like some guy named, like, Tucker would say. Tucker! Tucker down at the peacock. I just came here to drink beer nut and I'm all out of beer. Oh, God. That's so gross. (laughs) Something about that is really... What, just like came here with nut? Oh man, we should go down to... We'll we'll make a bet that one of us goes to the peacock and said, I came here to drink beer and nut and I'd like a beer. (laughs) (laughs) I came here to drink beer and nut and I'm all out of nut. Uh, Hey everyone, this is Drunk Dunks. This is Michael. And I'm here with... Jake. Oh, fuck you. You were laughing. <laughs> All right, and we are a podcast where we drink and tell funny stories from history. And uh, I think this episode, Brittany, you're actually going to be leading us. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess I am. Okay, starting <laughs> off the fun phrase of what's <laughs> drink beer and nut? Drink beer and nut. So and I pull out a nut. Give me a beer. Uh, <laughs> can, <laughs> we just totally irrelevant. To I'm just here to no. slug my way across the room. Carve that on my tombstone. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, don't take my tombstone. Oh god. It's mine. What's your tombstone? I came here nut. Oh, okay, okay. I. <laughs> never mind. Never, um, never mind. You have a history story to tell I, us. I sure Or do. so I understand. You, well, as. Yeah, you know, as informational as I can make it. Um, so, my topic today is probably the spookiest bitch of all time the original goth queen. I thought you were going to say my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, my mom is mom, like. Mom, I love you. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were talking about my mother. Oh, no, no, your mother's off. I like how I said that. The implication being my mother is not. Um, Mom, if you ever listen to this, I love you greatly, and you are not spooky at all. You have a pink home, essentially. (laughs) Pink home? My mom loves pink. So in our old house in Indiana, um, my grandfather made her a dollhouse, like this pink dollhouse. And she had it put in this room that had a mural of the dollhouse painted on the wall. Holy that room shit. was all white and pink, I swear to Christ. Oh, wow. Inception. Pick a theme, huh? It's, I'm just, and it's pink. I'm just saying, many things can describe my mother. Spooky is not one of them. Sorry, let's get back to the spookiest <laughs> bitch of all time. So, so who's the spookiest bitch of all time? Well, besides you, girl. <laughs> Well, like, oh my well, god. She says wearing her Ouija board t-shirt. <laughs> no, this was actually unintentional. I was rushing to get ready this morning. But anyway. Um. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't mean to do this. I'm just a slob. What? <laughs> this? I just threw this on. <laughs> okay, first of all, don't mock me. I am a slob. Yeah. Second of all. <laughs> um, so this one is about uh, Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, Ooh. who is a fucking badass. Okay, well, like I said, I am... Um, very much at my depth, so All I'm right. very excited. Well, okay, so <sighs> this is one spooky bitch here to talk about another spooky bitch. Um, Mary Shelley was born Mary Wollstone Godwin. Wo- sorry, no, not Wollstone. Wollstone Craft Godwin. Wollstone Craft is one last name. It sounds like the brand of a company that sells, like, I don't know. Pete or something. It sounds like someone. <laughs> it sounds like a former peasant that couldn't pick what a profession was. Like a mid level mine. It's a, no, but it sounds like someone trying to fake their way into not being a peasant. It's like, oh, oh my god, yes, yes, my name is a Wolfstonecraft. I, 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 yes, well, we're an old family from over the Rhine. You probably haven't heard of We learned to diversify early. <laughs> okay. So, yes, her name was. She was born at Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin. You just um, had to you had to hyphenate it, huh? I I guess like either her parents were so well that's the thing is that her parents were like I mean like for that time 
pretty pretty crazy as Ooh. far as like their political views and all that. Um, oh, so they believe that um, women can like learn and stuff. Poor people were actually people. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> The peasants are not meat for the table of the wealthy. <laughs> so so her, she's English, right? With all like her yes, pale skin was, and crackly bones. Okay, so, yes. She was uh, born August 30th, uh, 1797 in London. So yes, she was <laughs> fucking gross. Her parents were the forefather of modern arcanism and an 18th century feminist pioneer. She was the second child of feminist philosopher, educator, writer, and author of A Vindication of the Rights of Woman, Mary Wollenstone. Okay, I, I am familiar with that. Okay, yes. I, so I know the name. name. Oh, yeah. yeah I've so, heard it in lectures while I was playing Rome Total War. Yeah, so I don't know why, but every time I try to type her last name, I wanted to make it Wollenstonecraft. As, yeah. as if she was woolen. <laughs> well, I was like, as if... Excuse me. First burp of the night. <laughs> here at home drink. Cheating. <laughs> Yeah, like, who, who surprised it was me? Um, as if the last name couldn't get long enough. It was just like, yeah, Woolen Stonecraft. Woolen Stone, huh? Uh, so yeah, she was the second second child of Mary Wollstonecraft and the first child of philosopher, novelist, and journalist William Godwin. Oh, well, there's a story there. <laughs> okay, she, so well, tell us more. Well she, well, <laughs> well, she had an illegitimate child before she had Mary. Gasp. <gasps> and her name was Fanny. How lewd. <laughs> Fanny. <laughs> Out of my way, you fatties. <laughs> what a great name for your illegitimate child. Oh, yes. that's just fatty. Ignore her. Anyway. <laughs> that's just fatty. <laughs> Fanny's such a good name. Holy shit. Okay, so anyway. Um, her mother, uh, Mary, who... Like, literally, as I was typing the story, I was getting all the information down, literally, within, like, before she even began to, like, actually... M- form her life before she met her husband. Like, there were three different Marys in the story. Oh, good. I think well, that's, that's what every story needs. Lots of confusion. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. I think there were maybe three names total in England at this time. Well, yeah, they're not exactly an inventive <laughs> people. Mary, Elizabeth. John. William. That's it. That's the same. Um, <laughs> so, and then you'll occasionally have, like, some, like, really fucking goofy name, like... Alfred Buttersworth. Like, Buttersworth. like something right. stupid like that. Periwinkle McTingleface. <laughs> Sounds like a character from Legend of Zelda. Right. <laughs> Boy, I do love Zelda. Uh, okay. Mary, her mother, died of a, what is called, like, the childbirth fever. So, like, you know how, like, especially back then, a lot of yeah. mothers, like, died. Yeah, childbirth was, like, a fucking awful she thing. She actually died 11 days after Mary was born. Yikes. Yeah. So Ooh. she... Yeah, so like... So what happened? Was it like an infection? Pretty or? much, yeah. She just like after... Because you're... I mean, think about it, Like you give birth, you're... One, you are so weak physically. Yeah, it's... But it's, like your immune system is like shot to shit. Yeah. Yeah. So... And 1796 London, a place known for its cleanliness. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like you're already going to get sick there anyway. Your immune system, Like I said, your immune system... Holy shot. crap, guys. You should have seen the dookie I just dropped in. Just grab this baby out of this woman's vagina. Well, no, no, no. You're, you're, not, you're not doing it right. Hello! <laughs> oh my god! You should have seen the dookie I'll drop. It was dark as the coal dust covering my lungs. Did we just travel back in time? <laughs> Whoa! Hello, welcome to Jolly Old London, Governor. I don't. I assume they didn't speak that way then, but you know, I don't know. Just watch Oliver Twist and you get the, you get the, the main objective. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? The cast of Mary Poppins is rolling in their collective grave. <laughs> Oh, you know what's weird? I think the children that played in Mary Poppins are dead, but the well, at least Michael is. I hope but they the parent, are. But like, sons of but, bitches. I mean, like Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews are just so fucking kicking it. I assume they're immortal at this point, surviving on the blood of the innocent and the weak. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're vampires. If if it came out that Dick Van Dyke was actually a vampire, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'd be pretty okay with it. Honestly, I'd be like, I mean, if we donors? have to give someone a more like immortality. The second burp of the night. Um, Still me. <laughs> there are worse options than Dick Van Dyke. Honestly, yes. I always, I already assume that Paul Rudd and um, Keanu Reeves are vampires. They just like do not age. I I was about to go off on a totally different thing. Anyway, Don't worry about it. Sorry. That's what happens when you talk about something spooky. You talk about more spooky things. Oh, I was going to talk about uh, Keanu Reeves, but no. Go ahead. <laughs> Again, spooky. 
Anyway. <laughs> um, so yes, she died 11 days after Mary was born, and uh, Godwin was left to raise Mary and her half-sister, Fanny. Fanny <laughs> Imlay, Wollenstone's first child by Gilbert Imlay. Gilbert what? Imlay. Imlay? I-M-L-A-Y. Imlay. Imlay. Huh. Hey, hey, what's the most, like, what's the most pretentious name we can think of? Uh, I, really like, I really liked your, <laughs> Emily, I really liked your Buttersworth. I thought that was pretty. Uh, Alfred Buttersworth. Yeah. I tried to think, like, the most stereotypically British name I could think of, and that just <laughs> sprang to mind. Emily is such a pretentious name that, like, there's no hard vowels in it. It's aristocratic to use any of those hard consonants. What's something we can accidentally pronounce? <laughs> God, it really is that. It's pretty it's pretty perfect for that, honestly. So yeah, after uh her mother died, as she had obviously already published a vindication of the rights of women, mm-hmm. you know, before she died because already badass. <laughs> already fucking killing it. Yeah, ahead um, for her time. Right. Um so a year after that, Godwin published a kind of, I guess. Like a tribute, uh, published his book Memoirs of the author of a vindication of the rights of women. That is what was title. He, was, may I ask a question? <laughs> yeah, um, go ahead. Did the title of a book count for your word count back then? I don't. Oh think. my god, they were all like that though. Well, yeah, they're all fucking they were like, goofy long names. It's like a Fallout Boy song. Like the, <laughs> <laughs> like the longer you make it, just like I guess the better it'll be. Instead of writing this. a summary of the book, they just titled it. Yeah, pretty much. They were like, you don't even need to read the book. Here it is. There you go. Right. Um, you knew was, what you were getting into. Right. It's like, you don't even really need to read it. You can get well, you the... Know, it's not like you could read reviews online or something. <laughs> I mean... Like, yeah, like, technically you had the newspaper, but yeah, I don't who know. Who fucking read? They well, just... You, you they use, use that to toilet clot, paper. Well, I was going to say, you use it to, like, clot the blood from your <laughs> bare-knuckle boxing fight, I assume. Yeah, you use it to cover your cough when you have consumption. <laughs> yeah. Or a doctor uses it to wipe the shit from his fingers before he delivers a baby. <laughs> Uh, fun. <laughs> anyway, well, I like it. We're just going out of our way to alienate any English listener on episode one or episode two. Episode one, we alienated Russian listeners. Episode two, we're going after English. I just want to make it known that I will never alienate. Well, I was going to say anybody, but really Russian people too, because like, you just want them to top you or bottom. Did you say top you? Top. Yes. <laughs> Tuppins. <laughs> I know where top came from, but I've been using it for a while now, and it always makes me, like, chortle to myself. It's like a top cuck. It gets me right in my giggle dick. Okay. So, So, yeah, sorry. Okay. So, it was, uh, like I said, it was meant to be a tribute. It was meant to be a sincere tribute, but the memoirs revealed uh, Wollstone's Craft's affairs and illegitimate child, so it was considered a scandal. (laughs) So, okay, so was he, like... So, like, I did this for you! So, I'm curious, was he, like, literally, like... Uh, writing it's like I did this for the woman I love even though she was a cheating fucking harlot <laughs> like was well, he like so... was he like midway through it forgot that it was supposed to be nice and just like <laughs> went really fucking angry with it so and I I, I cannot say because it wasn't really documented um but and we'll get into this later but Mary Shelley and mm-hmm. Percy Shelley their marriage was an open marriage it was like so they're like 60s children. Uh, pretty much. So Fuck, I'm, I'm that's like, kind of fun. Yeah, so I'm honestly It'd not... be great if people, like, weren't so smelly back then. <laughs> right, and they can't all look like a... Wouldn't undersell right. the 60s. So, yeah, I honestly don't know if their, really, if their marriage was like that, too, where it was, like, an open marriage, and, like, he just didn't... Oh, that's not good. That's something he you just, just talk about. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. he, she's like... He's like, no, I just didn't find anybody, and he's like, I can't get my dick wet. No, I... <laughs> Honey, I'd like to have an open marriage. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's fine. And then it's like, you know, he's sitting in his room reading, hearing her just... Fucking you know, go to town. Yeah, having a great time. And he's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I fucking hate this. <laughs> I thought I'd be okay, and I'm not. <laughs> Whew. Okay, so, yes, after this whole, this whole scandal, uh, Mary read all of her when she grew up reading all of her mother's writings and was brought up to cherish her memory. Regardless of whether or not... She actually cheated or whatever. Her father really did love her. And that's... I, I think that would be really fucking sad to like... Oh, wow, we have a baby. Wow, you're dead. Like, 11 days later. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> that's oh, kind, yeah. That kind of... I, my wife's been gone, like, for, you know, five or six hours today. And I'm like, the house is kind of empty. Oh, oh, that's a little 
little bit sad. That's, <laughs> just a yeah, little you're bit. sad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> get the break. But this is where, like, it really starts to get, like, fucking metal. Because okay. the way she learned to, like, read and write, mm-hmm. especially, like, with her name, since her mother's name was her name, she learned to read and write her name by tracing the letters on her mother's grave. Fuck yeah! How fucking metal. That's... That's kind of fun. Yeah. I think I've not, seen that. Not fun, but you know yeah. what I it's mean. It's just like, like, it's one of those things you hear about history and how you're did, like, How shit. did you learn to read? Oh, my, you know, my governess taught me in school. How did you learn to write? My oh, I, I fucking traced the letters <laughs> of my mother's fucking grave. There was a I'm pretty sure I've seen this in some Norwegian metal it music videos. It sounds like a scene from Death Clock. Oh. Or from um, fucking Metalocalypse. Yes, it does. <laughs> It was funny because I, I was telling him when I was, like, doing all this research, I found, like, an article that was, like, talking about how Mary Shelley was, like, the original goth queen. And um, there was a picture of, like, someone drew of her, like, tracing the letters on her gravestone. And her father was like, after this, I'll teach you about gravity. Dot, dot, dot. By taking you to a hanging. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Would that not be sick? Oh, man. <laughs> We need to do an episode on hanging, by the way. Oh, Holy shit. So I've been reading some books, and there's, so like, crazy. God, England from, like, most of English history until, like, the middle 1800s sounds like... It sounds like a metalhead's, like, wet dream. <laughs> Just corpses all over the place. <laughs> uh, besides that, she actually considered her, uh, like, her childhood a pretty happy one. Um... The only thing that really, I guess, would, like, make it a bummer was that her dad was, like, constantly in debt. Um, so the only thing that's making it a bummer is her dead mother and continued She didn't poverty. know her dead mother! Oh. But, I mean, you kind of grow up in the shadow of your dead mother. Like, I'm sure she probably walked in <laughs> on her father, like, looking at the empty spot in his <laughs> bed and, like, just as, you know, not even a tear because by that point he's so broken. <laughs> like, he just looks at it and knows, like... My life will never be the same. And then he goes to sleep where um, he tries to. Touches um, the pillow, sighs um, heavily. Until he began to look for a new wife to help him raise the children. Yeah, but this is like, this is the early 1800s. I mean, you know, these people weren't happy with their marriages. Well, he was with the one that died. Anyway. <laughs> a rare exception. The odds were... <laughs> Almost almost amping the tragedy there because it's such a rare thing. Yeah, because usually it's like... I really love like, the oh. woman that I, that I lost and now I have to get married to another woman that has the same fucking name. Oh yeah, you're right. You said there's another Mary. In December 1801, he remarried to Mary Jane Claremont, who was a well-educated woman with two kids of her own. Charles, Sounds like a whore. Charles and Claire. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> What? I'm, I like original her, Mary. So, so Mary her daughter's. Wollstonecraft. Uh, well, Wollstonecraft. That's such a fucking great name. What would you do if I legally changed my name to Wollstonecraft? Just call you a nerd? I would just let you. <laughs> Thank you. So, literally, Wait. that means that means Mary Jane's daughter, her name is Claire Claremont. Oh, that's kind of fun. No, that's what you do when you don't love your child. <laughs> no, when you don't love your child, you name something like Sandy Butts. <laughs> Which is a woman I knew. Harry Harry (laughs) Dix. After he married this Mary Jane Claremont, uh, most of his friends deeply disliked his new wife, calling her (laughs) quick-tempered and quarrelsome. But he he was devoted to her, and the marriage was... She had opinions, (laughs) and she shared them! (laughs) That was not the problem. His friends were all, like, extremely, like... What's the word? Like? I, I want to say radical, but I don't know if that like radical for their radical. time. Sure. Yeah. Besides his friends, Mary herself detested her stepmother because she constantly picked fights with her. It's weird. It's almost like that's a trope. It's almost like she's like an evil stepmother. <laughs> okay. Although Mary and her stepsister got along really well. Claire. Claire Claremont. Claire. Claire Claremont of the Claire of the. Did they talk Claremonts. mad shit about Fanny? <laughs> You say that now, but just wait. So, um, Mr. Godwin and the new Mrs. Godwin started a new publishing company called M.J. Godwin, which sold children's books, stationery maps, and games. Uh, the business did not turn a profit, however, so Godwin was forced to borrow a good chunk of money to keep it going. Well, in fairness, that makes sense, though, because, I mean, why are you having your children read when they have those little hands that can fit in all the gears? 
Sure. Like at factories, right? Why have children read when they're going to put you them can, right into the coal factory? You can save so much money on mine shafts. Kind of, they're, fighting, they're fighting uh, Napoleon. Not Napoleon, but you know, the war is the French Revolution right now. We need children to manufacture guns and cannon. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we, need, we need child labor. End of story. If we Isolate to, that audio. <laughs> if, if we had to make a slogan for the 19th century... <laughs> <laughs> we need child labor as a pretty big contender. Give me a t-shirt um, that says 19th century on the back. We need child labor. By 1809, the business was close uh, close to failure, but was saved uh, from debtor's prison by devotees such as Francis Place, who sent him further money. Though Mary received little formal education, her father tutored her in a broad range of subjects. Um, so yes, he, he did not use her for child labor. Were they aristocracy by birth? Like, were they no. rich? Yeah, I was gonna say, no. for some maybe it's just the pretentious names. Yeah. It's, the, it's the names, because okay. I thought... Before I like really started like reading about them, I, when I saw the name Mary Wollstonecraft, I was like, she's "Oh God, you came from money." Well, yeah, I always assumed the same. I always assumed that they were like no. higher. I mean, yeah. just on the fe- the basis that they were authors and uh, yeah, so well educated and involved. They were definitely well educated. Like they devoted their time to being well read, well educated. They when they socialized, they socialized with other philosophers, other. Authors, poets, people who are artistic and or creative. Hmm. Yeah, anything like that. Uh, And they don't necessarily have to be from money. It just helps. Definitely. To be from money. (laughs) So you mean it helps to start off life with a Right? Isn't that a wild thought? Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, he was able to teach her in a broad range of subjects, maybe not personally, but was able to get her that kind of education. Um, he took her, her half-sister, and her new siblings on educational outings, so essentially, field trips. Uh, they had access to his library and many intellectuals who visited the Godwin Hall. She had a governess, a daily tutor, but she also read her father's children's books. So, like, the books that he was able to publish through his company, mm-hmm. she read those. On top of, like, as she got older, she wrote a lot of the books that were in his personal library. Mm-hmm. Like, his... Yeah. Ones that he, you know... Right. Yeah, like, what I used to do with my dad's books. It was really fun not to come across one with the sex scene. I'd be like, oh, 12-year-old me is gonna hold on to this. <laughs> Put this in the spank bank, am I right? Dock that away in the kink store. <laughs> Big yikes. Um... But regardless of how she received all of this, she did receive an unusual and advanced education for women of that time. Which mm-hmm. was cool. Pretty fucking cool. No, that's she super was, cool. Yeah. Good for you, Mary. Yeah, good for you, girl. Uh, her father described her at age 15 as singularly bold, somewhat imperious and active of mind. Her desire of knowledge is great and her perseverance in everything she undertakes almost invincible. Damn. I like her. She's fu- she sounds fucking fun. love. Mary Shelley. She sounds fun. She's awesome. She was basically like, and for those of you who can't see it, that was me giving both the birds both the fingers. I know, so you pointed one of them at me. Woo! um, But in June of 1812, she was sent away to live with William Braxton and his family near Dundee, Scotland, because... Of her relationship with her stepmom. They were, yeah. Oh, they were at each other's throats. Oh, like, they really did not like each other. She was, like, the stepmom was just unnecessarily mean to Yikes. Mary. Yeah. And just, like, criticizing and, yeah. It's, just being a, just being a total... Like I said, it's, it's a trope for a reason. Right. So, yeah, she was sent to live with William Braxton and his family near Dundee, Scotland. The letter that Godwin sent to Baxter... With Mary said, I am anxious that she should be brought up like a philosopher, even like a cynic. In Scotland, with William Baxter and his family, Mary felt a a familial and homely environment that she had never experienced before. Oh, that's sad. Isn't that sad? That's really sad. Yeah, she returned back to Scotland the following summer in 1813. So this is where it gets a little juicy. It wasn't really documented if if their marriage was open or not. Uh, but it wasn't really documented when Mary met Percy Shelley, which was her her future husband. It was said that they met somewhere between when she was in Scotland the first time and mm-hmm. when she went back to Scotland in 1813. Percy is what I and TLC would like to call a scrub. Ooh. 
I <laughs> do all this research. I'm like, Percy Shelley, kind of a scrub. He's kind of a scrub. Um, so oh, you gonna <laughs> tell me everything? You gonna learn today? Like girl. <laughs> uh, by the time she had a return home in 1814, Perry, ha- no, sorry, not Perry. <laughs> uh, Percy had become estranged from his wife. And was, okay. was regularly visiting the Godwins, who, whom he had agreed to bail out of debt. Okay. So. Oh, God, he's this kind of person. You boys, strap in and get fucking wrecked. Here we go. So, yeah. Uh, Mary Shelley did not come from money, but Percy Shelley, however. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the equivalent um, of a trust fund kid, but worse. Oh, just, just you fucking wait. So oh, his. God. His radicalism, which made Mary's father, William, like, that was his hero. Like, that was his mm-hmm. political... It was his whole ambition. Uh, yeah, like... One day I could be this. E- exactly. So, but his radicalism, especially his economic views, alienated him from his wealthy uh, aristocratic family. Because of this, he had a difficult time accessing his money until he inherited his estate. So we gotta wait for daddy to die. Pretty much! <laughs> Um, after That's okay, you just go, you uh, fucking cut the brake lines in the car, you're set. Oh, buddy. This they is back before those. cars. <laughs> it's general advice. I guess in this case, <laughs> oh, you, so like, bu- you so- lame the horse or something. <laughs> you gotta you get one of the wagon wheel loose. Like, or like- wagon's wheels. Fuck me. Wagon wheels loose. Wagon's loose wheels? Wagon's loose. <laughs> um, so after months of, of promises, he announced that he either could not or would not Bail God went out of debt. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> I'm on a shit, Ed. Right. Hey, I and showed up. I met your uh, saucy 16-year-old daughter, you know, ward. Oh and God. I can't bail you out of money anymore, but I can sure just stick it in there. <laughs> I stuck I really... it to you and your daughter. Let's keep going. <laughs> stuck it to you financially? Stuck it her with my penis. <laughs> So, Mary and Percy began meeting each other secretly at Mary Wollstonecraft's grave in the churchyard. Oh, fuck. That's really dirty. (laughs) That's really gross. Yes, let's fuck on top of mommy. This is where she (laughs) lost her virginity. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, That's so gross. Which (laughs) on her mother's grave. On it. On top. That is like... Why? <laughs> Mummy and I share everything. <laughs> Names. Mary, you know what gets me hot as the Dickens? Because I'm sure he has like a weird accent. Hot and like like I said, the Dickens. hot as the Dickens. I could be, I'm picturing it. Yeah, gentle <laughs> Mary, darling. This is you know what gets me hotter than say, a little say flab of... Say my favorite of... word with that accent. A sexual <laughs> Mary. He was a bit weird. Mary, I must tell you, I'm a little bit weird. (laughs) You know what gets me harder than a little slab of granite? (laughs) Fucking you on top of your mother's grave. Oh, God, that's horrifying. Give me a Mel Brooks, Mary Shelley biography (laughs) movie. Oh, that's so gross. (laughs) I can't get over that. I'm sorry. That's really weird. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I could even see where, like, the graveyard's kind of fun in a way. like, on... On your mother's grave is, like... (sighs) It's a different level of intense. Yeah. It's a bit much. I would say it's a bit much. A bit much. Maybe I'm a prude. I personally can't imagine doing it. But, like... Like I said, I ain't going kink shame. I'm not here to kink shame anybody. At the time, she was nearly 17, and he was nearly 22. Which isn't terrible, especially for no, that time period. It's five sure. years. No, what's the one thing? It's like half your age plus seven? Yeah. Sure. But during this time period, it was just generally... Oh, that's true. It's like... Oh, Honestly, you're 21, your womb is shriveling no. and dying. I mean, this it's is like, a time... Are you, my, are you my cousin? Are you my third cousin? Then that's fine. Oh, this was a time period when they would literally ask, but has she bled yet? Ew. <laughs> oh, God. Ew. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, God, um, so she was 17, he, he was 22. On June 26, uh, 1814, Shelley and Godwin declared their love for one another. Like, just... A we declare it! 
house. They go out to the no, town like, square. No, be here for no. No, as in like they told Mary's dad, <laughs> and to her dismay, he not just disapproved, but like hella disapproved. But why? Uh, well, one, uh, he was still married. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> He's a scrub. Um, but yeah, so her dad tried to actually sabotage the relationship. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. But Mary really couldn't understand why. Not just because But father. But father, he's only married once. He's he's currently married and I'm only just barely seventeen. In the blush of youth. <laughs> In the blush of youth <laughs> Surely there's nothing wrong with this, papa. Papa <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really like Papa. Papa, it's it's very British. Yes. You know she was like a punk ass chick who was rebelling She's against like, her dad. No, I don't know. She seemed to really like her dad. She really it's did. True. She really did like her dad. But yeah. I, I couldn't see her well, actually I, being upset that her father didn't. I, she she was. Yeah. I think she one of the reasons why she didn't totally understand why her father disapproved was because she actually saw Percy as the embodiment of her parents' liberal and reformist ideas of the 1790s. So she like was. Not only, like, kind of butthurt, but she was also like, I don't understand why. Why wouldn't you approve this guy? He's like the He's you! Like, yeah. he's a little you! He's everything yes. that you thought exactly. was pretty cool. Exactly. So, and like, like I said before, Percy, like, William was Percy's idol. Mm. Like, to a T. But on, like... <laughs> One day I'll fuck his daughter. <laughs> and he'll have to know me for the rest of his God-given life. Oh... <laughs> I, maybe he didn't even really like Mary. He was just like, oh, I'm gonna get it good. I'm gonna uh, fuck his daughter. Hell yeah. You know what's really gonna make this guy love me? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking his daughter's brains out. Hell yeah. That's right, and I got your wife involved too. You know, the dead one. <laughs> you know your daughter, who's not even a legal adult yet? We fucked. Uh, On your dead wife's oh God. grave. <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine why you wouldn't so, like, like him. I, there are certain things I cannot imagine saying to my wife's father, and that just topped it. What, we fucked on your dead wife's grave? Yeah, that's real bad. Boy, strap in. Just <laughs> I'm so excited. You, you're not this even, has been so good. You're not even ready. So, on July 28th, 1814, the couple eloped. And secretly left for France, taking Mary's stepsister Claire Claremont with them. And the process. Because whenever I go on my honeymoon, I really want to bring my sister-in-law, or sorry, my um, fucking stepsister. Just wait. Oh no. So taking Mary's stepsister Claire with them, in the process, leaving Shelley's pregnant wife behind. <laughs> Fuck. He said he was going out for milk. I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> The trio traveled through France by donkey, mule, carriage, and foot to Switzerland. Setting a real precedent there. During the journey, Mary had become pregnant. Her and Percy were penniless. Wonder who who fucked her good? Can't imagine. Got her goose. (laughs) He gooshed her real good. Gooshed her sploosh. Oh, that's such a gross term. Her and Percy were penniless at this point, and her dad literally wanted nothing to do with them. What, he didn't want anything to do with a guy who abandoned his pregnant wife and had just gotten his daughter pregnant? Can't imagine why. Yeah. It's shocking. The couple stayed with Claire. Okay. So, uh, later that year, <laughs> I, I, like, reading this whole thing, I was like, this is... It's kind of absolute. ridiculous. Cause she's it's so only, funny. She's well, it's only, just... like... 18 now. Yeah, I'm like trying to imagine myself at 17 and I'm like, there's no fucking way. I was sitting there like, oh fuck, I'm failing geometry. I'm like eating Cheetos on my couch and like watching SNL. There's no way. Meanwhile, she's trying to learn a new language while eating for enough to keep herself and her baby while riding a mule through pantry she doesn't know. (laughs) Right? God, that was hot. Say it it again. Wow, say say it again. (laughs) Okay. Back off, Percy. So so in later of 1814, Mary gave birth to a son. While Percy had constant outings with Claire, her stepsister. (laughs) Wow. 
The two were almost certainly lovers, which caused a lot of jealousy on Mary's part. Uh, later in 1815, she gave birth to uh, two months early to a premature baby girl who was not expected to live. Oh, huh. yikes. So she gave birth to a son in 1814, and then gave birth to a premature baby girl in 1815. So she was like While a Percy, Yeah. Yeah, she was like a walking uterus for like a year, basically. Oh, not just a year. So the baby girl did die. Uh, but the, and the loss of her child caused Mary to go into a state of depression. You know we're supposed to be funny, right? Yeah. Well, I'm just <laughs> this is the No, I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, she was anyway. Back to the funny stuff. She was haunted by visions of her baby, <laughs> but she had conceived again by summertime. <laughs> Literally, just constant, like nothing if not very, very fertile woman. The f- the most fertile woman I've ever heard. Then later that year, she gave birth to a baby boy, William. So she's got, she has two kids at this point. Two kids, yes. She's two sons, too. Two sons. Yeah. Willie. Some boys okay. suck. This, and this, I'm not joking. This will get hard to keep track because when I was writing this, I was like, didn't that one die? I don't remember. So oh, right good. now. That's a good sign. Yes. We have two baby boys. Okay. Okay. Sorry. What were their names again? The first one, we don't know. Or at least I didn't know. If, like, someone knows and I just, like, totally missed Comment it. on our Facebook page. Please do, because I, like, could not find one. As of right now, the only, like, even, like, the first girl I saw didn't have a name. The first two kids, I didn't see. Wasn't it common practice to wait a while to well, name your well, Yeah, when, well, like, your children the- die off this... Early. So, they so quickly, right. They, we yeah. didn't have the, they didn't have the same kind of, like obviously the same kind of medicine we have now. Yeah. So, like, losing kids was just like, anyway. Well, that didn't work. Let's try again. Let's just eat our gruel. Right. You probably didn't name your kids until they were baptized. Right, yeah. So, now that she has baby boy William, um, and then later in 1816, uh, the Shelleys and Claire traveled to Geneva. Uh, they planned to spend the summer there with the famous poet, Lord Byron, whose recent affairs with Claire left her pregnant. Claire! Claire's a bit of a hoe, but I appreciate her for it. Claire's you know what? Here's the thing. She getting mad I, dick. I've like, got no problem with Claire going out and getting some good for her. Um, for me, my, the person that I'm kind of blaming a little bit more is uh, this Percy Bryce, uh, Percy fellow. Per- like I said before, Percy's a bit of a scrub. Um... He's definitely say, the hang out the side of, of his passenger. Yeah, he's definitely the hang out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at literally everything with a vagina. Right. But Claire at least is picking some heavy hitters here. She she's is. like first this this poet, second this poet. She's is like she doing if well, I'm these gonna... guys are poets. I mean, they, 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 have are, they are from money. Not oh, only that's are, not oh yeah, that's right. Because if you're a poet, you're either starving. Or you have so much money that you can afford to be a poet. Right. Not just that, but, like, I feel like the the impression I'm getting doing all this research back then was, like, getting with a poet was, like, getting with a fucking rock star. I wouldn't know. It's like her with her getting I, with, like, two members of One Direction. Good for I, her. I am stuck in a prison of my own ignorance. So I'm <laughs> trusting y'all. So, yes. Yeah, so, Claire's pregnant now. And they were in, they were at Lake Geneva. And the summer there was apparently so wet and dreary and just disgusting, gross, cloudy. Um, it confined them to the lake house pretty much the entire summer. They spent their days amusing themselves with telling stories and, you know, just like, I guess what you consider like spooky stories now, where you would like kind of gather around a campfire and you would you know, have a It honestly sounds lots of fun. It, I, I, I'm like I, reading I this and I'm like, fuck, I want to fucking do that. Sounds like a vacation we would take. I have a fire pit literally downstairs <laughs> in my garage. Right. Let's fucking do it. Uh, name yes. the time, I'll do it. it sounds uh, great. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they kind of confined themselves to inside and they just sat around, drank with friends and told each other ghost stories. Um, These people a party. I know. I'm like, damn, son. Okay, besides Percy wait, being a fucking scrub. Wait, wait, wait. You said they're sitting around a ghost story drinking, or ghost... Oh, fucking Christ. So they're, they're sitting okay. around a campfire. No, 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 no. You said campfire. They're stuck inside. Okay. The, the, but but what I was uh, more focusing in on is you said they're drinking. There are two pregnant women here, right? 
Well, the, the, sorry. I mean, granted, they probably... The men all, are drinking. And also, in fairness, they I probably mean, didn't know it Who that knows, time. yeah. I don't know if that was something that was readily available. Yeah, for all they know, they're like, oh, alcohol will make the baby strong. Right. <laughs> It'll make his baby Wait, no, let, let me... <laughs> Dr. Livingston's baby tonic. <laughs> it's just baby, pure vodka. <laughs> it's, just, it's just grain alcohol. Marry, marry honey. This way the baby's bones won't be so crackly. <laughs> Darling, we're trying to breed out some of the aristocratic inbreeding problems. Ugh. Jesus Christ. You don't want it to have my sexual deviations, do you? <laughs> <laughs> um, Something about sexual in that voice sexual. just really fucking gets me. <laughs> like in the Russian way, or just like makes you laugh? What? Oh, like right in the giggle day. Okay, good. So it's not like, you know, no, Michael, like I need like... you to talk, you know, <laughs> lispy towards me. <laughs> Dirty to me with a talk lispy towards me. <laughs> towards me, like as you approach. In my general direction, <laughs> slowly I turned inch by inch, step by step. Oh. Jesus, if I ever got to the point, just shoot me. <laughs> so then. You two will be together for a long time. You'll eventually get bored and want to try new stuff. Like butt stuff? I was more thinking like you're going to Michael do that accent, but you went straight to anal. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Just the, the phrase "butt stuff" just really gets interesting. Me. Observation is all I'm saying. Interesting, just yeah. Just Tune in for episode two, Mary Sherry, Mary Shelley, straight to anal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's when Percy starts blocking her booty bunker. <laughs> Mary, darling, we've been pregnant too many times. <laughs> it's time to flip it over and spank it from behind. Mary Shelley biopic. <laughs> now. <laughs> Look at Claire and Byron. They're enjoying themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, they're, they're telling spooky stories. Yes, they're, they're telling spooky stories. Um, this prompted uh, Byron to propose that they each write a ghost story and make it a competition. Fucking nerds. <laughs> what a group We all got nerds. quiet and then we were like... <gasps> No, I think y'all want to do that. That sounds really fucking nerdy. Mary, I want to fight you to the spook. <laughs> I want a shirt that says that so bad. Mary, I want to fight you to the spook. That's so Holy good. shit. Oh. <laughs> okay. So after this, Mary became really, really anxious. Uh, she couldn't think of a story right away. Like, she could not think of one as quickly as... Uh, Percy could and Byron could. She was asked every morning if she had thought of one and she had to reply negatively, which made her very... Self-conscious. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, she sounds like a very, like, competitive woman. Yeah, she sounds very spirited. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She, yeah. And then one night when they were all kind of up and they were talking and, like, nothing really to do with the ghost stories themselves, but they were just kind of talking over dinner... Uh, the group conversation led to the topic of the principle of life and how a corpse could possibly be reanimated. Which, you know, and and I don't even know necessarily if she was involved in that or if she heard, like, the men talking and she kind of overheard. Oh, like, like, yeah, it gave her a spark. Yeah, she was like, what the fuck? So. Does does he want to reanimate my dead mother in the (laughs) Make it a threesome, am I right? Uh, that night she was unable to sleep. <laughs> What's Michael, the matter, Michael? You don't like Michael. the thought of a threesome with mummy? I don't. With, 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 with uh, dead mummy? So she kind of overheard them talking about, or she was joined in, again, not 100% documented, about how a body or a corpse could be reanimated. And that night she was not able to sleep as well, uh, and she had become possessed by a waking dream, which came to inspire her own ghost story and this is in her actual own words um i saw the pale student of unhallowed art kneeling beside the thing he had put together i saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then on the working of some powerful engine show signs of life and stir with an uneasy half vital motion frightful it must be for supremely frightful would be the effect of any human endeavor to mock the stupendous mechanism of the creator of the world. That is metal as hell. It's not metal as fuck. It's very metal. It's also very much like, oh 
Fuck, I need to get my wood. <laughs> and like, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> Mary, here's the thesaurus you requested. Are I you will sure say, you're making progress on the story? I will say, um, 100%. Um, kudos for the use of the word phantasm. God, it's such a good one. Dude, I know. She said maybe, that, and I was like typing this down. I was like... Fuck yeah, Mary. Hell yeah, girl. Maybe, Get maybe it. Maybe this is me as a fan of uh, the old Batman the animated TV show, but Fantasm's so good. Mm. It's su- it's such a, like a it's neat... It's a cool word. It's a neat word that you definitely it do really not is. hear It's fun often. to say. It's really like... Oh, man. Okay, sorry. Yes. Oh, you're fine. Okay, so after that, uh, she began writing what she assumed would actually be a short story, but with Percy's encouragement, she expanded it into her first novel. Nice. Which was... That's nice of him to encourage her after he <laughs> got her yeah. pregnant like five times it's like, hey, her stepsister. Um, I know. Hey, I need you down at the publishing house this weekend. Oh, fuck, he's just trying to distract he's her. He's trying so to get her out of the house. Claire. Who knows? Maybe she was there. I don't know. But, um, she expanded it into her first novel, Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus. Which was what it was originally. I mm. wish they honestly would have kept it modern Prometheus. I think that is such an awesome title. But here's, I mean, also just, maybe this is my modern biases coming in, but just Frankenstein. Like, it's... Oh, it's, I love it! No, I, like, Michael be- will be the first to tell you, I'm a straight-up Frankenstein whore. I love it. Okay. It, that's why I wanted to do this... <laughs> no, it's more just Frankenstein whore. It's like, it, it put, yeah, a, it put a few mental images I don't in say that to people about you. Well, no, I don't think that you... Would I'm just saying if someone was like, is Brittany a whore You're, for Frankenstein? You'd be like, yeah. I would oh. have said is Brittany a fan of the literature, you know, novel that you is know Frankenstein, what? but that you went to horror. That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about and it. I, you know what? Honestly, like, kind of like I do not have a, no- a lot of knowledge as far as like literary history goes, but like I said, there are very. But no, Frankenstein's cool. Like this is a it's a fun story. She. Frankly. I, th- I what cracks me up is I see a lot of even today a lot of guys or you know men in like very specific communities whether it's like Star Wars Star Trek anything that has to do with sci-fi I actually see them say like women do not belong in sci-fi that's bullshit it is bullshit one yeah. because it's like that's stupid two if it weren't for Mary Shelley you wouldn't have sci-fi women yeah, were there not. from right from the beginning she, yeah Mary Shelley she's a def- trailblazer yeah she defined what sci-fi was right this was like the first sci-fi novel yeah. in history and it's, she, it's fun. Like, it's, it's so good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm biased, but like it is. It's good. It's genuinely good. It's it, still taught in schools for a reason. It holds it's up. It's so good. It is her most easily, like not like, even just like an exaggeration. Like it is so, like that's what you would know her for. Well, I mean, it's um you and I, like we'll talk about like uh being impressed that Futurama holds up after like 10 years. Right. This is it literally, over 100 years old and it's the still The 200th anniversary was yeah. last year. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's such a good read still to this day. So, like I said, the the finished novel was wasn't published until 1818. And after Percy encouraged her to make it into like a full-length novel, not just a short story, they he actually like they collaborated on it. Uh, but the extent of his contribution is, like, still unknown to this day. Um, it's been argued over by critics, readers, uh, just because there are, diff- like, um, there are three different editions. There's the 1818, which is the first mm-hmm. one that came out. There was, like, a republished edition in 1823 and another one in 1831. Hmm. And there are differences between all three of them. Yeah. Um in one of them, Mary wrote, I certainly did not owe the suggestion of one incident, nor scarcely of one train of feeling to my husband. And yet, but for his incitement, it would have never taken form in which it is presented to the world. I mean, yeah, that... So she's basically saying, like, he didn't do... He helped. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's basically... Like, if it were for him, it wouldn't be a novel, but, what like... That, what that says to me is... I bounced ideas off of him. He encouraged me to keep yeah. going. Right. I, was told, I told him, like, hey, this, this is, is what I'm thinking. He's like, oh, that's cool. really cool. Yeah. Or maybe consider this. Like, you know, if it, if he weren't, like, tupping the stepsister and everything, that would be very cool and supportive. <laughs> that crossed my shit up. So, like I okay. Yes, he contributed, but like I said, it wasn't in, like, a fully known, like, how much he actually helped with. Um, later that year, they got back to England in <laughs> in September. Uh, Mary received letters from her half-sister, Fanny, which I'm sure you've forgotten about until now. No. 
I've been waiting for Fanny to reappear. Who could forget Fanny? Uh, she sent her letters and talked about her unhappy life. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Isn't that sad? Just wait. Um, in, in October, she wrote another one to Mary and Percy both that was so alarming, Percy r- raced off to find her. The following day, she was found dead in an inn, along oh, with a suicide note. Fanny was? Oh, fuck. That's... Her, steps, her half-sister. Yes. Oh, that sucks. In December of the same year... Did they say what the suicide note said? No, no, just that a suicide note. Percy certainly didn't fuck me. <laughs> and now I'm Odd, it's as sus- fuck. <laughs> it's suspiciously like my husband's handwriting. I'm, I'm not implying that no. Percy actually killed Fanny. I'm just making a joke. I'm just saying... Yeah, that's, that's Jake. Um, and Gets so- married with a suicide. No, I said a suicide. <laughs> Do it. Stop making. Stop making. I'm very with the credit. (laughs) Mary, stop it. I know that you chose Frankenstein specifically because I can pronounce it. The modern Prometheus. I am your husband. Why are you making fun of me? God, I want you to talk like that for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Well, after that, December. So that was in October. In December, literally about two months exactly to the date. Um, of the same year, Percy's wife, Harriet, which... I, I recall. Okay. Um, he, who he abandoned to run off with Mary, was discovered drowned in a lake. Yikes! Within the same year. And, like, both of the oh. suicides were, like, completely under wraps. Like, they were both really hushed up because, like, well, for one thing, Almost like I said... Almost as Percy Bryshelly's a fucking serial killer. <laughs> Almost as though Percy Bracelles was the son of an incredibly rich family. He's off to yes, fucking drown in Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh. So, not only was Percy, like, not only did he come from an, like, an incredibly wealthy family, but he was involved with William Godwin's daughter. So, yeah. like, a lot of, and like, like I said before, there are a I don't lot think of they people necessarily. who have interest in keeping this stuff hushed up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Percy tried to get custody of his and Harriet's children, uh, but was encouraged to get married first. But why he was such a good father? Can't imagine why he wouldn't just be able to run in and, like, pick them up and take them. Uh, so yeah, like I said, he was encouraged to get married first. So he and Mary, who was pregnant again, married December 30th, 1816. So he has been running around with this chick for this long, and as a technicality, decided to get married. I don't want no scrub. Pretty much. That's why I was like, he is scrub. That's a scrub. He is pretty gross. Yeah. Um, In January uh, 1817, Claire gave birth to her and Lord Byron's baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Whose name was Alba. Later changed to fucking Allegra. I would change. In fairness, I would take Allegra over Alba. Sorry, what was that? What was that first option? Alba, Ooh. Alba, or Allegra? Daddy, like, why do you? Daddy, why? Dislike me, <laughs> Daddy. Papa, Papa, Papa. <laughs> um, there are so many. We could have gone with. We had so many. There was Mary. There was Elizabeth. There was. There was that was Mary. pretty much the list. <laughs> If you're on the Facebook page... No, my dad had to be original. If you're on the Facebook page, go ahead and tell us your vote. Alba or Allegra. No, seriously. I think I would... I personally think I would rather be Alba. Oh, man. I don't know. Alba sucks. They both suck. They both suck. But but me personally, I'm like, the Alba is the lesser two. Allegra is like a cold medicine. Allegra at least sounds like more like a name. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. So... After that, that was in January. In March of that year, Percy was ruled by court as morally unfit to obtain custody of his children. <laughs> it sounds like he was morally unfit to crawl out of a paper bag. Right. <laughs> and they were placed with a clergyman's family. Clergyman. Clergyman. Ooh, gross. You know he was diddling them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, that is another group alienated. <laughs> What you all don't know is I actually have a list. I'm just crossing them off as we go through. <laughs> as we go. Um, in the same month, the Shelleys moved with Claire and baby Alba to the <laughs> Albion house at Marlowe, Buckinghamshire. That is a made-up place. That does not exist. Marlowe, Buckinghamshire? Marlowe, comma, 
Buckinghamshire. That is, like, someone did one of those, like, fill in the random word thing. And, uh, a mad lib. It's a mad lib. That's <laughs> no, all bullshit. You've heard of Buckingham Palace. Yes. This is the shire in which Buckingham Palace exists. Marlowe is the te- is the house, probably. Yes. Marlowe's the house well, in the, the shire. In the house is, is Albion House. Oh, it's Albion I House would, in Marlowe. In Marlowe, comma, Buckinghamshire. Gotcha. I don't know enough about England to... I couldn't. Could it's an address, you rube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, in the following September, so this was in March. So six months later, uh, she Mary gave birth to her third child, Clara. She's popping out babies like a fucking this t-shirt cannon in a lit? basketball game. Well, why don't you just strap She the got named. In? She got named, which is a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm asking. <laughs> right. So during this entire time, so this was September, um, the autumn of 1817, uh, to avoid creditors, since he was in threat of <laughs> debtor's prison, <laughs> <laughs> Percy often lived far from home to completely avoid it. <laughs> what a piece of shit. That, combined with their ill health and fears of losing custody of their children... It contributed to their decision to leave England for Italy in March of 1818. Oh, no. Yes. Once they got to Italy, they embarked on a roving existence, never settling in one place for long. Almost as if they're constantly trying to avoid It's almost like they're on the run. (laughs) (laughs) Along the way, they made friends who often traveled with them. Uh, The Shelleys devoted their time to writing, reading, learning, sightseeing, and socializing. However, the Avengers took a terrible the adventures took a terrible turn for when Mary um I'm not gonna lie, I thought you were gonna make a comment about Avengers Endgame. The Avengers took a terrible turn. In 2019 when I'd like to interrupt this for a list of grievances. Rolls out scrolling. Okay, so the adventures took a terrible turn. uh, For Mary specifically, when um, two of their children, Clara and I think William, yes, um, two of their children died. Oh, no. Clara in September of 1818 in Venice and William in June of 1819 in Rome. Uh, The the death. God, fuck this. Isn't it so sad? So like, it sucks. Well, well the... no wonder she went so fucking goth. Well, well I mean, she wore Frankenstein before then. Yeah, but still. <laughs> it only got more gothy. Yeah. Um, it, the death left her in a deep depression that isolated her from Percy. And for a while... <laughs> That's what isolated her yeah. from Percy. <laughs> Not just him, like, fucking porking other women. For a while, Mary... What I just heard was, Mary, I don't feel like dealing with this... <laughs> Mary, your emotions are difficult for me to understand. <laughs> go heavy, go bleed somewhere else. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> poor Mary. It sounds like yeah, she's, pull- poor fucking she's pulling all the weight in this. God. For a while, for a while, Mary only found comfort in writing. But the birth of her fourth child, Percy Florence, in November of eighteen nineteen, lifted her spirits. Despite the associations of personal loss, Italy became for Mary, in her own words, a country which memory painted as paradise. Oh, wow. Because it provided them with a political freedom that they did not have back home. Because so she could express her ideas and oh, yeah. live like freely. I, like I said before, without besides being a writer, she was very creative and artistic, and she was a woman that was unusually educated in her time. She had a ton of different resources to educate herself and be educated. Um, which I would assume, especially for England in the 1800s, was not a totally common thing. Right. Um, So I think in Italy, not necessarily, like, a ton of more women are educated. And, like, I I could be wrong. I don't know a lot about Italian history, especially in the 1800s. Um, I'm not sure how many women were necessarily educated, but I think the idea would have been a lot more accepted or open. At least in her case. Exactly, yeah. So they spent, uh, the years they spent there was a time of intellectual and creative activity. During the time that Shelley's both wrote a lot, Percy wrote a series of major poems while Mary wrote several more novels. Um, she was often physically ill and prone to depressions while also having to deal with Percy's interests in other women. Jesus. Yes. Since she shared his belief in open marriage, she formed emotional ties of her own among men. And women. Oh. Oh, this got sexy. (laughs) (laughs) 
after 1818, Shelley settled in Rome, which inspired her to pick up writing uh, her unfinished works. The writing was broken off, however, when her son William died of um, malaria. How many kids has she lost at this point? At least three. Three or four? Oh my gosh. So many. Yeah. Um, uh, to deal with her grief, she wrote the novella Fields of Fancy that had to do with a young woman's beauty inspiring her incestuous love and her father who ultimately commits suicide to stop himself from acting on his passion. Oh my goodness. So she wasn't sublimating anything there, huh? I guess so. In the summer of 1822, Mary was pregnant again. She and her husband, along with her stepsister and some friends, moved to Villa Magni. That summer in June, she miscarried. Oh. <laughs> she lost so much blood, she nearly died. Rather than wait for a doctor, Percy sat her in a bath of ice to staunch the bleeding. The yak actually ended it's up saving Actually, yeah, that works. It's later confirmed by a doctor, the yak actually saved her life. Oh, wow. Even after he saved her, Percy neglected his depressed and de- debilitated wife to spend more time with other women. Um, where, like, yeah. They're, they're Holy new lo- cow. Right? So their new location had a coast, and it offered Percy and his friend William, who was one of the friends that, like, traveled along with them, uh, the chance to play with their new toy, which was a sailboat. On July 1st, 1822, Percy Edward and uh, Captain Daniel Roberts, who designed the boat, uh, sailed down the coast with them to Livorno. On July 8th, they set uh, out on a return back home where they ended up never coming back. Ten days later, after a storm, their bodies were washed up on a coast near Via Reggio. I feel bad for Mary, but that couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Right. I feel bad for the guy who designed the boat. <laughs> right? I'm yeah, like, that's not his fault. Right. He didn't do anything wrong. Right. I'm, I'm sure Edward was up to something no good piece of shit, but... Right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't trust you guys. But now she's just got... It's just that much more for her to have yeah. to... Exactly. And that's that much a, more trauma. Yeah. I, I honestly think that's why, me personally, I find Mary Shelley such a redeemable and, like, really iconic and influential person because she's a woman, first off, in this time, who wrote the first major sci-fi novel... And she's dealing with all this loss, all this depression, all this trauma, and she's still like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna power through. And she does. I think that's so amazing. Um, so after their bodies were washed up, after his death, Mary returned to England and continued to write. Uh, she was made a widow by the age of 24, uh, but she worked hard to support herself. God, she's and so her- young. She did all of this by 24? By 24. So I'm 27 and has- I haven't done shit. I'm right? <laughs> I know, I'm like, fuck. So at this point, she still has one son left. She has saw one son, and that is Percy Florence. She was made it, like I said, she was made a widow at age 24. She worked hard to support herself and her one son. In 1826, she published another novel, The Last Man. It's set in the 21st century when a plague decimates the population. She devoted herself to promoting her late husband's poetry and uh, preserving his place in literary history. So even after all of that, she was still a devoted wife. Hopelessly devoted. And like I said before, they were both under the impression that this would be an open marriage. And I think she actually did believe that, but she was so in love with Percy that she didn't love anybody else. I mean, from what you've told us, it feels very one-sided. I do think that he loved her, but not nearly the extent that she loved him. It strikes me as a criticism I see with a lot of those types of relationships. Oh, yeah. Where one person is super into it and all about it, and the other person says they are, but then when, you know, the rubber meets the road, they're like, oh, I don't like this as much as I thought I Exactly. Would. And I think, I think her personal beliefs were that, that, like, maybe marriage shouldn't be completely... Um, Monogamous? Monogamous? Monogamous, yeah. But you should talk about it. But I also think that she really did love Percy so much that she really didn't want anybody else. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Isn't that sad? And he was just kind of like, I want to put my dick in everything. Right. So, that kind of blows. What an asshole. Yeah, I like. I think he's just kind of a scrub. And like I said, I do bit, think that but he they really, should have talked about it. Oh, for sure. And like, I, like I said, I do think that he honest, actually loved Mary, but I think he loved Pussy more. And also, in fairness, I mean, I say they should have talked about it. She, I think she could have said, "I don't like this till the cows came home," and I still think he'd have been like, "Yeah, but I really like getting pussy." <laughs> yep. I really like the pussy. <laughs> so yes, after he died, she you know spent her life devoting to persevering his. Pay- place in literary history um after that she ended up dying 
February 1st, 1851, at age 53, she passed away in her sleep due to a brain tumor. Oh, wow. 1853? Wow, she lived a long time. Cool for, like... Well, 53, she was 53. She was 53 years old. Yeah, but, I mean, but I mean, like, that's back basically then? the Dark Ages. Yeah, I say joking. I'm <laughs> yeah, joking. Right. I'm being yes. overdramatic, but... Oh, man. Yeah. Fuck. Right. But, I mean, um, after everything but the, but she went through, dying just, in her sleep is a pretty... Not, not just that, it. but, like, not only the stuff she went through, but the stuff she accomplished? Yeah. yeah she's cool as shit. That's crazy. Um, she was buried at St. Peter's Church in Bournemouth, and after her death, <laughs> this is what I'm like, holy shit, her son finally opened her mother, his mother's writing desk to, you know, get all of her old stuff. Uh, he found more than her works. Uh, oh god, these are mother's panties. <laughs> he found- <laughs> Holy shit. That would be... I'm like, honestly, compared what to what is he this? does... Oh, no, it's Mother's dildo. <laughs> honestly, compared to what he does find, oh. that would be tame. Oh, no, so he finds So he finds hair from his dead siblings that she kept. Great. Oh. And then, in torn pages from his father's poems... Oh, I'm not gonna like this. Inside was Percy Shelley's heart. <laughs> what? Yes. His his physical... His actual heart. So Not after, like literature, like, oh, yes, he no. put his heart onto these pages. No. She, like, had his heart fucking wrapped no, up in a thing. No, she took his pages and no, literally... No. So, after he had died, the... Th- um, I'm not sure about the other two bodies of um, Daniel Roberts and William... Um, it's William. Whatever, he's not important. Right, he's not he's really not. <laughs> not for the um, story. No, not really. Um, I'm not sure if they were or not, but Percy himself was cremated, but his heart survived the cremation. Because it was made of stone? <laughs> <laughs> um, modern day physicians believed it may have been calcified due to an earlier bout with tuberculosis. Yikes. So after he was cremated, the heart was still there, and they turned it over to Mary. So she kept it. Literally for over 30 years, carried it with her almost everywhere, kept it in her desk drawer, wrapped. Fucking weird. It's metal as hell. Metal as hell, Jake! I I think that's weird, man. Um, But eventually, the heart was buried with their son, Percy Florence, who died in 1889. Dang. It was roughly a century after her passing that one of her novels, Matilda, was finally released in the 1950s. But of course, her lasting legacy, however, remains to be Frankenstein, and that's that's fucking Mary Shelley. What a lady! What? Yeah, a that's fucking, pretty cool. She, she's honestly, cool. I feel fucking bad for her because that sounds like a lot of shitty honestly, life in there. Honestly, yes, I think it's a lot to deal with. But I, I truly think that women like that are really good. Maybe not like romantic idols to look up to, but definitely like. I would say personal and, like, professional I mean, idols. also just from the perspective, like, fuck she went through all that, she just kept going. Yeah, she was like, fuck that. Like, Someone that made her own way in the world. She knew yeah. two people that committed suicide, and she was like, fuck that, I'm gonna keep living. Right. And then she still did, and she is easily one of the most influential people of all time. Ooh, man. Awesome. How yeah, insane. Cool. I love Mary Shelley. Yeah, I that was pretty man. cool. And, like, I think it's wild, because, like, even up until... I mean, definitely when I was in high school, I had no idea that a woman wrote Frankenstein. And it's not talked about. And I think it should be. I, th- I think it is definitely more now. I, but back I, when I was I, in high school, I, I had no idea. I knew that a woman wrote it, but I knew nothing Jack about her. About I, I literally knew her as the author of Frankenstein and then the wife of Percy Bryce Shelley. Right. She's awesome. So, yeah. I fucking love her. What an incredible person. Yeah. So... Yeah, I definitely highly recommend reading more about her. There are so many great books out about her, um, especially in the past year, uh, with 2018 being the 200th anniversary of Frankenstein coming out. There are so many good books. Go look for for them in your local bookstore. Yes. Yeah, buy local. (laughs) Please. (laughs) I can't stress that enough. Well, all right. Well, thanks, Brittany. Yeah, thank you so much. That was awesome. awesome. No problem. I'll be here to wreck your minds with other influential women of time and history. And other fun stuff. And other fun stuff. And if you want to stick around and listen to more incredible drunk stories from us, uh, you can always find us at drunkthunks at gmail.com, or you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as drunkthunks. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye. I love you.
Usually it's bottom shelf space for drinking